And we are live. Welcome, everybody. Heat Ratio Live. I don't know what the hell episode we are at now. I think it's like 160, 165, but it doesn't matter because tonight, Mikey Googs is stuck working. Mark's down the shore. God bless Drum. Shout out to Drum, too, for getting a job with Yahoo Sportsbook. My man, doesn't he deserves the world. I love it. Love seeing BP people succeed. And talk about succeed. Tonight, Special, special guest, man. Fourth thing, John, I love this. The man, Eric Erock Emanuel. Let me just say something before I bring Eric in. I want to say one thing, honestly. Met Eric about five years ago. And Erock is one of the most realest people. You hear realest people in the room, whether you're at a bar, whether you're at a party, whether you got a game. The guy you're going to hear and see right now doesn't change. Completely authentic. So, Erock, my man, what's up, buddy? Thanks for joining me tonight. Yo, that was a very nice... I, I feel honored, man. I feel humble. <laughs> that was a very nice introduction, dude. Let me... Let me oh, <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you for having me on, T. It's good, to, it's good to see you. I'm happy to be here, and I'm happy to talk some Eagles football. Finally. 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 And that's the truth. It's like like The Rock says, finally, right? We're back. Yeah. Finally. I mean, you hear all this crap with the Phillies. Can they do it? The Sixers, can we trade Ben Simmons? Flyers, making some moves, but still not my thing. But now, like the jury, I got the Axeman jersey on, getting ready. I mean, it's training camp time. So now, when it hits August 1st, you know August 1st is finally set the clocks back, get ready, because football is here in Philadelphia. And it's a and it's a really important time in in, in Philadelphia Eagles history. Yeah. I mean, we're we're coming off a couple of years off the Super Bowl. We're leaving that era behind. We're starting a new era, starting a new with a new quarterback and a new head coach, and really trying to get this thing back on track. It feels refreshing, doesn't it? It, yeah. it, it, it feels refreshing to not have to worry about if Carson Wentz is going to stay healthy or. Can Doug Peterson or, or, or the veterans going to hold up? Or you know, it feels refreshing to kind of go into this season with a little bit of just newness, just new optimism. I agree. I do. You said it right. I mean, we we the last like two years, that's all we worried about was, you know, what's in the head of Carson Wentz and is Doug really the guy? Like I I mean, I am like I don't know what Nick Sirianni is. I, nobody knows. Like, like I say yesterday, right? Like, you know, Jalen Hurts. Everybody's killing Jalen Hurts. Still want to talk about Carson Wentz? Please, people, stop. Carson isn't in Indianapolis. Let let him go. Let him be there. Give this kid some damn respect because I'll tell you what. Whether he's good or bad. He's shown that he's a leader. He was a leader last year when he came in. He, he's got the veterans behind him. And you know what? Good or bad, I just want to see the kid play, right? You, you want to know what you have. Like yep. you invested a second-round pick in him. And usually when you invest a second-round pick in a quarterback, as much as, as in hindsight now with the Carson Wentz injury, we kind of look at it like, okay, there was, there was definitely an insurance policy in case he went down or in case the foot thing flared up, which was an injury in height, whatever it might be. But a, a normal team, when they draft a quarterback in the second round, eventually they're thinking that that guy is going to replace the incumbent or become the starter, right? We see it over and over and over again. And I'm just anxious to see, okay, what exactly we have right this season, right here, right now. Because if Jalen Hurts is the guy, we're rocking now two first-round picks, but two second-round picks to either build the defense or put weapons behind them next year and kind of build this thing from the ground up. If he's not the guy, we have enough ammunition to address it next offseason. So you want to know. You just want to find out what is he. Is he the guy or not? And that's what the season is going to be all about. I agree. I agree. I keep saying the same thing. I mean, I I, I honestly, we'll get the wins and things of like that, but I, I think this is going to be a exciting team. They're going to win some games. They're going to lose some games. But one thing's for damn sure, they're going to keep us interested. And, and that's one thing they really didn't do. Like it was so toxic last year. And let me ask you this because I, you know, we haven't talked in a while. You're a very busy guy. And I can't believe that we're here right now. Like, I mean, when we, we were on cloud nine, man, Super Bowl, Dougie P's catching beers down Broad Street. You know, you got Kelsey up there. We're talking about dynasty. And we, we got a franchise quarterback, right? Like, yeah. how the hell? Did we get here, man? Like it's crazy. Did you believe we'd be sitting here right now? It's unbelievable. No, I, 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 I honestly thought. I think we all thought when they won the first Super Bowl that we would be talking about. We were fed this belief of the new norm. We were fed, 
you know, we kind of puffed our chest out and, uh, you know, we had that success so early on in the Carson Wentz era phase, whatever you might want to call it. But I think that's in essence how we ended up where we are right now. Whenever you have a new head coach and whenever you have a new quarterback that's drafted, you don't, year one's about implementing the system. I said this on my podcast time. It's a year one's about implementing the system. Year two's about perfecting said system and putting pieces together and filling gaps, right? In year three, you start to make the run. Year three, you start to compete for in the playoffs, for the division. In year three, you start to have those long-term projected goals. We found that success. I should say the Philadelphia Eagles found that success in year two. So I think it surprised them just as much as it surprised us. And while it's great and we're watching the parade and seeing the Lombardi hoisted, a lot of it was, oh, shit, now what? Now what? Now all of a sudden the, the, you pivot from – you know, we're building something for the future to we have to maintain something now. And the maintain something now is where it all kind of started to deteriorate and fall apart. Giving out those contracts, the veterans that were maybe a little long in a tooth or didn't deserve it, kind of those, you know, those sentimental contracts, um, players getting overpaid, uh, you, you know, not, not drafting correctly. And then all of a sudden, you know, <laughs> It's funny. Somebody, somebody on a different podcast, it was a Giants podcast, goes, yo, what, what's with you eating the horse shit after the parade or during the parade or, or whatever it was or, or, or when they won the Super Bowl? And I was like, you got to understand something. It was our first one. We don't know how to act. You know what I mean? And I think that was the same for the Eagles front office. Ownership, top to bottom, even the players. They won. They didn't know how to act. You know, they didn't know what, what do you, what, what now, what then, and what, and all the dropping the ball and the fumbling of, of the entire situation of what then led us to where we are right now. And if anything, I give the Eagles a lot of credit, just push the damn reset button. All right. This shit ain't working out. This ain't happening. Press the reset button, get yourself a new head coach, go roll with Jalen Hurts and see if you can't do it again. I agree. I mean, push the reset button. I mean, that's that was the thing. Like, don't let it fester, you know. And, and I'm not a Howie guy, and I, I was never damn near a Doug guy. I gave him respect for winning the Super Bowl, but you just seen something was off. Something wasn't right. Not sure what it was. There was, you know, and and when that report came out from Joe Santalaquito, if I'll probably butcher his name, but. You know, e, you've been around a long time. When there's smoke, there's fire. You know, not saying it was all credible, but there was something going on there. We weren't sure. And and kudos to the organization to finally say, you know what, whether Carson Fortson or not, let's just move ahead. And the one thing about Jalen Hurts, I, I think people keep forgetting, is this kid has faced adversity in his entire career. Everywhere he's been, he's been benched. He's been told he wasn't good enough. And then when he gets put in the game, he produces. He consistently has done that. So I'm I'm wait, give the kid a damn shot, man. Let him let's see what he has. Because we know we're not winning the Super Bowl this year. We already know that. Yeah, but we yeah. have to, like you said, right? We got to see what we have. Yeah. And and, and the kids faced adversity. Under the brightest of lights, we're not talking about Carson Wentz in, in yep. North Dakota State, you know, mi missing, and you know, with a wrist injury or something. We're, we're talking about he faced adversity and faced criticism in the toughest programs that college football has to offer. And you know what? It came out looking like, you know, a winner. And so you, you have to think that. You know, Philadelphia is such a unique place. And 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 is, is he a Philly guy is such fodder for sports talk radio. But you just have to look at like the mental makeup of him and the mental makeup of Carson. And if I'm just taking the two, you know, I'm gonna go with a guy like Jalen Hurts because he's faced that adversity under the brightest of lights, been in the biggest programs, and had to prove himself. And I, I you can only believe now whether or not that translates on the field is yet to be seen, but we have to see it. We have to see it for ourselves.
I agree. Three games last year, one the huge sample size. I mean, that's basically what he gave you. Full out games look pretty good in my opinion. But again, you, you take the good with the bad. You know, he comes in and you know, you know how it is. They get tape on you. They adjust to chess match, and that's like, okay, give me a couple games that I got to study tape and let's see how I can read the defense differently. But there were a few throws, especially in that Green Bay game, where I was like okay, this kid's got some raw ability. Like, if he has somebody to work with him legitimately, he can be something, right? He can be something. And 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 I think that's where we're at right now as an organization. Every single one of these guys is young. You know, Devontae Smith is young. Jalen Rager is young, right? Uh, you know, the, the tight ends, even though Zach Ertz is, is up there probably his last year, but, you know, you have Goddard who's young. Miles Sanders is young. Gainwell, I mean, we have a really young formulation of a nucleus here, eh, that You know, who knows? Like you said, year one, year two, year three. I think it's all going to be the coach. Now, let me ask you about that. Were you shocked that it was Nick Sirianni? Did you expect something different? Were you surprised that they went to this direction? Yeah, I, I was always a big Deuce Staley fan. And, too, uh, yep. you know, I, I, I know that, you know, from talking to people that Deuce Staley was – under consideration, but not under serious consideration. They love Deuce. You know, when Jeffrey Lurie went up there in his press conference and, and, and raved about Deuce and how he was like a son to him, that wasn't bullshit. That They they do have a, a huge admiration and respect for Deuce Staley, and so did I, and I was hoping that he would be the next head coach. But again, it's it, it, you, don't, you don't half-ass the reset button. You either hit it or you do not. And they just didn't want anybody getting complacent like the running backs thinking like, okay, our guy is the head coach now. We can be complacent. They didn't want any holdover. They kept Stout because Stout's just the offense. He's the man when it comes to the offensive line. But they didn't want holdover from the old regime and old tendencies and old habits and old feelings. They want. I'll give them credit. Whether it works or not, I don't know. There's a lot of coaches – you know, I, I'm 39 years old, so is Nick Sirianni. Seeing him at 39 coaching the Philadelphia Eagles and, and me making dickhead YouTube videos about the Philadelphia Eagles, I'm starting to question everything I've ever done in my life. They're the linebackers coaches, 27 years. There's a lot of youth on this coaching staff. So, I, you know, I don't know if it's going to work out, but I give them credit for, all right, we're going with him. We're getting all new coaches. We're going to see how this thing goes. Yeah, they're, they're. I mean, you're right. They're really young, man. I think they are the youngest staff in the NFL. They really are. So, and like, like I said, I mean, coaching staff is young, but but hungry. However, being hungry doesn't always equal success, and we've seen that. So, so how how long do we give them to buy in? Because you know, the thing is, even though it does take three to four years. How long does it take you to buy into what they're doing? Because we've seen Chip Kelly coming here, and it looked like the best first half of football anybody's ever seen. And then right. after that, yeah. forget it, right? Even though Chip yeah. did win and go to the playoffs. So people forget about that. He did go to the playoffs. <laughs> but that first quarter, that first half with Michael Vick against the Skins, man, I, I'm still – my mind is still flowing over that. So how long does it take for us to say, okay, I can see what he's doing. I can see what he's trying to do. I'm, I bought into this offensive uh, philosophy. I think you give him at least two years. Uh, you know, you, you don't give him just this year. You give him two years because, again, year one you implement the system. Year two you start to perfect the system. Not only that, but you do have a bevy of draft picks, and you're going to have a lot of salary cap room. So the gaps that you see on this team right now can be filled via the draft if Howie doesn't screw it up and 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 free agency and then like you can't judge what this team is going to look like in 2000 you know 20 2022 based upon what you see on 20 in 2021 because let's say Jalen isn't the guy okay so what's that mean for Nick you know does that mean Nick's a bad coach or just did he not have the right quarterback okay well now we got to get him the right quarterback now he's got to implement the system with that quarterback that buys him another year and I don't want to use the phrase buy another year because that has a very negative connotation to it but you have to at least give Nick two years with this coaching staff to see what the hell you're actually even dealing with and then move on from there you know if if you feel like he's not the guy or he's just you know high school Harry you move on uh, you know, maybe the defensive coordinator. I'll, I'll, by the way, 
I'm all in on Gannon, dude. I love I, Gannon. Oh, I love him, man. I watch our press conference. I'm like, yep. this guy sounds more of a coach than the coach that we got. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'll say the same thing. You know? So, and, and, and okay, so here, here's here's another layer to that. You know, how long before he gets a head coaching opportunity? Yep. Let's say the defense looks like, you know, it, it, it it's going well. You know, we were all worried about Jim Schwartz moving on. Oh, whatever. Uh, you know, but but honestly, every everybody here is young. That's great. That's a good thing and a bad thing. The good thing is they have the ability to grow. The bad thing is, much like a hermit crab, they will outgrow their shell and find something bigger. You know, so there's that, that layer to it as well. No, that that is absolutely true. And and you're right, man. I, I watched Gannon talk, and I was like. Yeah, this this dude's legit. I like this guy. Right? Yeah, yeah, man. He's a Philly guy. He's a Philly guy. Yeah, as soon as he gave that answer, I think in his first press conference, somebody asked him, like, so you had a lot of opportunity to go a lot of different places, so why Philadelphia? And there was like a pause, like a pregnant pause, and he goes, it's Philadelphia, that's why. I was like, yo, yo, that's it. That's the guy. That's my guy. <laughs> See, and, and 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 instead, Sirianni's talking about rock paper scissors. You know what I'm saying? So it's it's a complete. And again, listen, maybe it'll work, right? We 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 don't know, right? It, it's all about can you lead grown men? That's what it's about because you don't have to worry about the rookies biting. You got to get the veterans to buy in, right? You got to get the Brandon Grams and, and and the Lane Johnson and the Jason Kelseys. And I know they came out. In support, but we all know that's kind of you can't take that as oh, what are they going to say? But I always say it to people, what do, what do you think? Are they going to? Yeah, this coach sucks. Like I, I don't like him. Like of course they're never going to say that. So we don't know. We're going to have to watch it all play out. He's coming out in practice and he's wearing the Brandon Graham and the Jason Kelsey T-shirts and 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 it's and it's transparent. It's kind of see through what he's doing, but he's getting the vets on this team on his side. Like, and that's not a bad thing. Like, I think he's playing his hand right. And even in his even in his post-training camp pressers now, for whatever reason, whether they coached him up on how to do pressers or he was just nervous the first time, I mean, he sounds much better. I'll be honest with you, I was nervous as hell. Seeing him for the first time, I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. And, and listen, I, I, I get it. As, as somebody who does a lot of public speaking, I get it. Public speaking isn't easy, and it isn't for everybody. But... You know, part of that job is navigating that podium and players listen to what you say on that podium. Hey, what's up, Bill? Um, so I, I, I'm kind of happy that he's that he's settled in a little bit. And, le- and listen, maybe his coaching style where it might seem a little high school hairy or hokey or cornballish at times, maybe that resonates with the guys in there. We don't know. We don't know. We don't know. So this thing, this thing could absolutely I don't want to I don't want to. Say like I don't believe in Nick. I've got a lot of optimism. Nick's grown on me, you know, since the since the first introduction. So I'm hoping that he is the guy. I think we all are, and you're right. That first that was a train wreck. It was, but like you said, I mean, I do a lot of speaking myself. It's like I remember when I first doing it. It was like wow, like the bright lights are on you. People are watching. You know, he he just obviously wasn't ready. But the one thing I do like is the videos I see of him working one-on-one with these young guys. I know he was a receivers coach, and they're saying, oh, he's really just put – yeah, but still, when you show I, – I coach you sports, and I know for a fact, when you show a vested interest in your players, not just from a football standpoint, you know, what's your what, you know what's your favorite movie? What, what do you like? You know, how are you doing? Like, you know, I, I know that for a fact. Now, my kids now, I start coaching when they were eight. They're now 14. But I know all their favorite football teams. I know, and, and the first thing I do is I write, "Yo, Seahawks, man, what happened to your boy Russ?" and and they like that, you know. And I think that's the kind of guy Sirianni is. He's a very personable guy, and I think that may work with with a lot of these young guys. I'm speaking to the young guys. Let me ask you this now, and, and this goes to one of them. But early injuries in camp. Now, I don't take a ton of stock in training camp. Um, you know, I know people want to talk about, ah, you know, Jalen Hurts looks unbelievable. This guy looks like, I don't take a lot of stock. Well, all I want to see is, can he throw the ball, right? And, and how does he look? Does he look quick on his feet? Make quick decisions. Early injuries in camp, the guys like Smith and Brooks are we concerned. And the reason why is Brandon Brooks needs to be healthy for this team, right? And, yeah. and Devontae Smith needs reps as a rookie. Now, are, are you know, should we be concerned? You think, let's just pump the brakes a little bit. Let's see how it all plans out. 
You know, you know what? It, it, it's it's really a case by case basis because you take a guy, look at a guy like Brandon Brooks. You you need him healthy for the season. Yep. You know, it, it had not having him in the offensive line certainly was not a benefit. The, the the silver lining of it is there's a lot of backups on this team with starting experience. So if there's any silver lining on all the injuries that happened last year, is you've got a lot of guys uh, who are going to be playing backup roles that have significant start. It doesn't have to be the greatest starting experience. Clearly it wasn't last year, but nevertheless, real time on the field, on the clock experience in the NFL. So you know, when they're talking about giving veterans, you know, day, scheduled days off and, and Brandon Brooks being kind of, kind of, you know, cautious with him. If anybody knows anything about injuries, it's certainly the Philadelphia Eagles and the Philadelphia Eagles fans. And they know it was a problem. They they know it was an issue. They cop to it in end of year. We, we know this is a problem. We're trying to correct it. We're trying to figure out what exactly has gone wrong, why it's happening. When you take a look at a guy like Smith, you know what you're getting, you know, a guy coming from, from Bama, you know, he, you know, he's playing against, um, you know, while you want him to take reps and you want him to learn the offense. He really, he really seems like a guy that's all business. And you know what I mean? If he's not taking those physical reps, he's, he's taking those mental reps. There just seems to be a different mindset. I would be worried about a guy like Jalen Rager, to be honest with you. Now there's another case by case basis where you're looking at him you know, he went through a tragedy that, 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 that sucks, but he's, he's coming to camp overweight. There was rumors about his physical shape last year, you know, first round pick needs to get his mind right. You know, your father was a pro player. You should know what this is all about. Um, so in that case, it's a little bit more concerning and a guy like Smith or Brooks, you know, I feel a little better about, okay, you know, take some time. We need it. Take some, you, Smith's our number one. You take some time. Don't rush it. Don't rush it. Yeah, I agree, man. You, you imagine Taylor Rager, man. I, I, I mean, just and I don't want to bring up the Justin Jefferson thing, but man, does that hurt? You know that that hurts watching that play out, and you know it is what it is. It just I feel like in this town, it's happened so many times, so many wasted draft picks, so so much talent out there, and that's the thing. I mean, the last time we drafted a Pro Bowler on his team, it was Chip Kelly. And say what you want, but Chip Kelly drafted Lane Johnson and Zach Ertz. So it crazy as it may sound, just how he just has not done a good job when it comes to that department. I mean, I think it was 2000 and is it 17? We only had we only have one guy left, which is Derek Barnett, which is crazy to me, right? I mean, you think about that entire draft, the entire draft. It's crazy. I mean, and, and when we talk about that hard reset, there is one asterisk by it, and that, yeah. that is that that how we still here and uh what you know. I've said on my YouTube channel, I continue to say on the Instagram, that my, my my belief, my hardcore belief is that Howie Roseman isn't as safe as everyone thinks he is. I agree. I, I, I really don't, because if he fails to really make an impact or draft impact players this year and guys like Andre Dillard continue to struggle at left tackle and then former draft picks just simply don't like you can you can sit there and blame the coaching all your well, it's new coaches now. So who you, who are you going to blame? Okay, well, you know, it was Doug. It was a, all right. Well, Doug ain't here anymore. Who are you gonna blame? Well, it was Carson and Carson. Well, uh, Carson ain't here no more. Who are you gonna Who are you gonna blame? So Howie's really pinned himself in a corner where, for you know, all the blame really at this point gets to be put on him. Um, and and really, if you're taking a look at a very pivotal off season next year with a lot of salary cap space and a lot of draft ammunition. If you look at this year, like Howie Roseman hasn't helped improve this team. If you're Jeffrey Lurie, who, by the way, has fired in the past his childhood friend and a guy he trusted with his life and Joe Banner, you know, he let him, he fired him. You know, you can't tell me that Howie Roseman's not on the hot seat, period. Jeffrey Lurie, for better or for worse, whether you think he's a good owner or a bad order, meddling or whatever it might be, he's not dumb, you know. No. He's not, nah. he's, not a, he's not a stupid guy. He will give people as many chances to correct the mistakes that they've made. Maybe hang on to guys a little bit too long. He's been guilty of that. See, read, comma, Andy. You know what <laughs> I mean? But, uh, but he will move on from Howie. 
Yeah, I, I, I completely agree. I, I honestly think, you know, last year I was talking about it all year that how we had a free pass. And, and, and I specifically think so because I think Doug was Jeff's guy, not Howie's guy. And I think that, you know, and Carson was Jeff's guy, not Howie's guy. And I think that was the all along the saying was, yo, if those guys failed, Jeff, they're your guys, not mine. I, I you, you overruled me. You wanted them. So now Jeff says, hey, Howie, here's your keys. This is your prove it year. Go get your coach. Go do your draft. This is what you want. So you're right. So if, if this doesn't work, yeah. Howie is definitely going back to the launch room. There's and by the way, no let me, doubt let me, let me, in my mind. Let me, let me clarify something I just said. When I say moving on too late from like Andy Reid, obviously Andy needed a fresh start somewhere else. We yeah, all had, absolutely. you know, I don't want to have any revisionist history. We have, we all had, Andy fatigue at the end of that, you know what yep. I mean? And even Andy was fatigued about it. And, and, and sometimes a fresh start is the best way to go. And clearly the Eagles have a fresh start this year and it could possibly be the best way to go. No, I, I completely agree. I mean, Andy, we all knew we seen it. I, we saw it, right? It was done. It was, and, and no. I love Andy Reid. Say what you want. I mean, listen, the, the guy, I, I still remember him with the shovel with John Runyon breaking into the link, right? I mean, this guy came out of nowhere and it, he bought in. I mean, I, it's unfortunate. We don't want to relive the, the Carolina game and the Rondé Barber game with Joe Jorvicious. And, you know, it, so many things that we could have done, man, if they just would have brought T.O. here sooner. Give us somebody sooner. Right? I mean, God. But, hey, it is what it is. We had yeah. some good times. And hopefully we continue to move forward. I mean, it's like we said, it's a young team. So we will definitely see what happens. Now, we're not in a great division. Right. So and, and that's one thing I think that I think it's an up and coming division, to be honest. I think uh, right. The Giants. I, I love Washington. I know I'm a Philly guy, but I I I love the Washington makeup. And I'll tell you why. Tell me what you think. I love Rivera. Always been a, a really, really good coach. I love Jack Del Rio, guy who always been a defensive minded specialist. Goes head coach, doesn't work out. Now he's back in his realm, right? And and that defense in Washington is legit, completely legit. And I, I, one of the biggest reasons was quarterback last year that they didn't win as many, even though they did win the division. But I think they have a, a nice young nucleus on the offensive side of the ball as well. So for me, Washington is the team to watch, but. Overall, I think this division is very winnable, and it's going to be exciting going over the next two or three years. You know, Washington, like, I'll agree with you. The defense the defense is legit. But I but I just, I, 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 I can't. Everyone wants to hand Washington the division based upon, you know, the way the rest of the division played last year and how, you know, how it all kind of turned out that they go to the playoffs. But you can't convince me that Ryan Fitzpatrick, uh, you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm sorry. You can't, you can't convince me that that's the team to be in the division, even if it's an up and coming division with Ryan Fitzpatrick. I mean, they're literally in the, there's, there's stopgap quarterbacks. And this is the definition of it. You take a veteran on the cheap. You, 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 you can't be a big player in free agency. You, you, you kind of dicked yourself by winning the division because now you're at the back of the draft, so you don't have the draft capital to do anything at the quarterback position. Or maybe there just wasn't a guy that you liked, at, at you know, where you were picking. And so what do you do? You, all right, oh, shit. All right. Well, Ryan Fitzpatrick. And so, like, you, like I just – I can't get behind the whole Washington thing just because I – nobody – defense, okay, yeah, fuck, Ryan. That'll be my answer to everything, Ryan Fitzpatrick. But what Fitzmagic. about you're feeling the Fitzmagic do... love? No, he, like, yo, he's a lovable guy. He's a likable guy. All his teammates rave about him. No, I never heard anybody say a bad thing about the guy. But he's Ryan Fitzpatrick. You know what I mean? There's a reason why he's worn damn near every jersey in the NFL, or at least half of them. You know, because he's he, he right now he's just a stopgap quarterback. And I'm sorry, you can't win a division with a stopgap quarterback. Just can't do it. This is a scoring league. You got so Dallas, for better or for worse, got a, got a lot of talent on the offensive side of the ball. They're going to have to win games by putting up thirty points. That's if Dak stays healthy and he comes back, you know, confident and healthy. And if anybody knows anything about a quarterback coming back off an of injury and how that might mess with his head, it's certainly Eagles fans. But they're, you know, 
you're not going to get in a shootout with the Dallas Cowboys. You know, I'm, I, Washington's not going to do it. You know, so that, that's well, that's the thing, man. What you know, a couple things. So you're right. He is a stopgap. But the way I look at this team is, you know, Ron Rivera has always had a stopgap at quarterback, in my opinion, after Cam Newton, right? So Cam Newton, he always had limitations. So he always had a revolve, but now it's a different style of offense. Now you have Terry McLaurin in there, right? You you have Logan Thomas, really good tell you. You got a really good running back in Antonio Gibson. Uh, you bring in Curtis Samuel, who now is your guy from Carolina, can run all over the field. So I think that they're going to run a different style of offense, and it's just based on the fact that I don't think the Eagles are ready, and we're going to win soon, but – um, I think Dallas, you're absolutely right. Their defense is atrocious. Uh, we don't know how Zach is going to come back. Uh, CD Lamb looks legit. That's going to hurt, hurt us too, man. That's that's another thing that's going to kill us every game watching that. We're, it's like hey, it's going to be highlights of Justin Jefferson, DK Metcalf, and CD Lamb. Like triple threat, dude. It's going to kill us, man. And we're still talking about Jalen Rager, God bless his soul, still working out on Jenny Craig and trying to figure out his way back, right? So yeah. it, it, it's it's ah, it's killing me already even thinking about it. Yeah. But, but uh, you know. We'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll see. Out of all the teams in the NFC East, and that includes the Philadelphia Eagles, I'm actually the less, the least convinced about Washington. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. I like it. So, if, so if I had to put you on the spot right now, who who would you who would you put money on to win the division? You know, up, up top, I'll, I'll say this. I'll say this. <laughs> I think that the New York Giants laps or no laps that fight training camp fights or no training camp fights. I think that they're the best balanced team in the division. That's not to say that their offense is great. That's not to say that their defense is great, but I feel like there's a balance there between the offense and the defense, not to mention the fact that they have one Saquon Barkley coming back. You know what I mean? Which, 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 which is, which is huge, right? He, he's healthy. He's coming back. That, that The reason Danny Dimes looked like shit last year was because Danny Dimes was, had to be the guy, you know, and he, and he's, he's just not the guy, you know what I mean? So they're, they're balanced. Now, when you take a look at Dallas, it's like this, right? That offense, high-powered, a lot of talent, a lot of fuel, a lot of, lot of jet fuel there. They're going to score points. Defense is absolutely atrocious. So it's lopsided there. So, the, so they're going to have to win games by throwing up a lot of points and hoping the defense doesn't fuck it up. Uh, sure. Washington, it's like this, right? Defense is up here. And the, and the offense, again, I'll say it till I'm blue in the face, Ryan Fitzpatrick. End of story. You know what I mean? And then the Eagle, then the Eagles, you, you remember that always sunny episode where they're stealing the gas and Charlie's in the back of the van and he's like, wild card bitches. That's the Philadelphia Eagles. Philadelphia Eagles are, 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 are Charlie wild card bitches. You don't know what they're going to do. I agree. I, I bet the Eagles. I, I, I've actually, and I think a lot of people are starting by, I, I said, I, I think they can win 10 games. I honestly think they can win 10 games. I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. I don't. Only because we're talking about this division and we're talking about how, like you said, it's peaks and valleys, right? And and you can't – I one thing, Edith, always kills me is the schedule day. Let's break down the schedule. Wins. How the hell do you know who how these teams are going to be? It's absolutely pointless, right? The teams yeah. that you think are going to be good stink. The teams yeah. that stink are good, right? So I don't even go by that. I just think that they have enough if everybody's healthy because we see this with new coaches. When new coaches come out, they win the first three or four games, just hypothetically, right? Then they lose a few. The chess match ensues. You know, all right, we know what he's running now. Now he has to adjust, right? right? Well, I just think the schedule is good enough for me to win nine to ten games. Now, you mentioned about the New York Giants. That that's an interesting team because I think they are doing some good things out there. I, I, Danny Dimes, I, I I don't know, man. I, I, I got let's see this year, right? They can bring in Kenny Galladay, who's an unbelievable receiver. Can Evan Ingram stay healthy? Saquon, honestly, I don't think Saquon plays till week five. Um, I don't. I think he's already going to miss the first couple weeks, maybe two to four weeks until he gets acclimated. I think it's week five. Will that help or hurt? I don't know. But 
at least they are. I think that team is building in the right direction. So yeah, and I and I'm not up on the New York Giants with Saquon's injury or his time. Fantasy, changed. fantasy perspective, bro. Is the only reason why. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so you tell me. But either either way, you know, New York Giants. If it's Week Five, they got to be looking at that like circled that like. Okay, we get Saquon by. And 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 I think Danny Dimes, I, I saw in the comments, Danny Dimes stinks. I think he stinks too. But what, <laughs> yeah, Daniel Jones stinks. Yeah, Mr. S-Rock, you are 100% right. But the Giants did try to do everything to surround them with with offensive weapons. So they're going to find out this year, you know, whether whether they can move forward with him or not. Because you talk to any Giants fan, and they're torn on him just as much as we were – torn on Carson or torn on jail. You know what I mean? They're, they're not even sure about the guy, but I just, I, it is an interesting scenario over there where I think it is a little bit more evenly balanced. And I think with the weapons and Saquon coming back, whenever that might be, that's going to be a huge benefit because it, 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 it's, it's like when you have that workhorse running, like, listen, Dak without Ezekiel is not going to look like Dak period. True. You know what I mean? Uh, whenever you have one of those premier running back in the league and then you ask your quarterback, like, yo, you ain't got that anymore, then what? You know, so they're, they're, they're certainly an interesting interesting team. But, it, you know, we, we, we talk about Washington. We talk about the Cowboys. We talk about the Giants. And we talk about the Eagles. You know, something that I'm kind of looking forward to is this division is going to be competitive. And I yeah. think o- overall for the NFL product, like, isn't it so much better when the NFC East is good? Like, nobody gives a shit about the AFC South. Let's face it. Like, no, that's not pulling ratings. But when you have that, you know, New York, that that big, you know, number one market in the country, and then you have the Dallas Cowboys, who are the, you know, the number one brand in, 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 in the league, and despite sucking, they're still going to get five primetime games because they're the Dallas Cowboys, and that's just what they do. And Washington is a sneaky you know, large market, right? You take a look at the Forbes list and you're like, how did even Washington even get on this list? But, but you know, it's a big market. They make a lot of money. It's a, you know, it's a, it's a ratings pool. And then you've got this shit show we love and we know when we grew up in called Philadelphia, that it's, that it's just this, this mayhem ravenous fan base. So the NFL product in general is just better when it's not the NFC least when it's like, they're they're gonna they're gonna fight. You know, the Giants are pissed at us. We're giving them the finger on draft night. Cowboy, everyone hates the cow. Like this is gonna be great, dude. I love it. Now you're right, man. I'm with you. Yeah. I because we miss. Listen, we've missed this competitiveness for a while, man. Right? We miss. I mean, you. We go back to. We talked about Andy Reid. We go back to that era. Those Monday night games between again Fossil versus Reid. Right? The yeah. Giants first. I mean, you go Kerry Collins versus Donovan McNabb. I mean, it's it's like you know, even when Eli was there, there was so much that we we remember, man. I, I, I'm with you. I, I, I can't wait. Now, let me ask you something. That's about running backs. I want to get your opinion on Miles Sanders because I know, you know, I do a lot of fantasy work and, and a lot of people start talking, asking me about Miles Sanders. Can he be the workhorse back? Can he be this? Can he be that? Right. And the only thing I say to everybody coming out of Philadelphia is, I look at what they did as an offense in Indianapolis. And even though they had two or three guys, they still had one lead guy. Jonathan Taylor was that guy last year. But if you look at his stats from week seven on, he got the rock. Now, can Miles Sanders be that 20-plus carry guy? I don't think so. But I think we could see him get between 17 and 20. And I think he'll get like four or five targets, which to me is a very good running back. So I, I, I just don't think that. He played behind Saquon. He he's got a ton of life in his legs. I think he had some really bad luck injuries, and again, last year was just so toxic. But overall, I, I haven't bailed on Miles Sanders. I, I have faith in Miles Sanders as being a, a really really good running back for this team. Uh, I have a lot of faith in him as well because you know the same reasons that we and guilty as charged like defended Carson Wentz and. Let's not forget that Miles Sanders' career at, up to this point was of a detriment of a head coach that refused to run the ball, yes. of an offensive line that was injured, of a quarterback who had happy feet. You know what I mean? So, so when we take what is Miles Sanders, I don't know, but I have I would have to think that he's going to be better 
with Nick Sirianni. Now, is he a workhorse back? I'm not even sure. When when we think of, when when we think about a primary workhorse back, how many of them truly can we name in the NFL? You know what I mean? What I want to see out of Miles Sanders, especially with all the running backs that they either brought in via tra- like free agency and and and, and drafted that you got to refresh my memory on who was the kid that they drafted for uh, Kenneth Gainwell. Kenneth Gainwell. You know, I, I want to I want to see a Westbrook. Buck Halter deuce thing going on. Like, like Nick, if you're really going to play this as you're playing to the strengths of your individual players, then they're going to take Gainwell and he's going to be that Darren Sproles scat back. You know, they're, they're going to take the kid from, from Detroit and, and incorporate him in maybe a, a Buck Halter role. And they're going to have Miles. In other words, I'm not sure even if he could be a workhorse primary heavy load running back that he should be. You know what I mean? Because some guys need to need to be fed the rock in order to get into a rhythm. You know what I mean? I don't feel like Miles Sanders is that guy. I think he can be a home run hitter at any point, but you have to use him in his strengths. Does that? Am I making sense? Like I think so. Like, I do. I I I honestly agree. I do because I think. Like you said, I mean, we're not talking about Derrick Henry. We're not talking about Christian McCaffrey, right? Right. Even Saquon, how many of those guys exist? But I, you, you seen what you you mentioned, Darren Sproles. So if you and I'm just going to compare to the Colts because that's where Sirianni came from. And Naheem Hines had 80 to 90 balls go through his arms, right? So as a second guy, so they're going to utilize. Game well, they're going to utilize whether it be Jordan Howard or Carry On Johnson. That doesn't mean that Miles Sanders can't be the guy, right? I, well, he's not a bell cow. I think that's what we're. I, I don't expect yeah. him to be a bell cow. No. I, I don't, don't. I don't want him to be a bell cow. Right. I don't want him to be a bell cow. And all right, so we so we we reference what happened in Indianapolis because Nick Sirianni came from Indianapolis. Okay, well, well, who did he study under? He studied under Frank Reich. Look at Frank the way that Frank Reich ran the offense in Philadelphia when we won the Super Bowl. Like Garrett Blunt, Corey Clement. There was a yep. lot of guys getting a lot of touches, and it almost seemed like week to week, all right, they're going to be running this kind of defense. What what skill set, what running back is going to be featured this week? That's what I want to see. I don't want to see like, okay, Miles Sanders is the guy. I want to see them use their head, be able to dictate to the defense what running back, and I, and I want to see them dedicate themselves to the run. You know what I mean? Don't just throw it to the side like, oh, God, that was so frustrating when Doug would just like, fuck it, I'm not going to run. Run's working. I'm going to get away from it. You know what I mean? So yep. I, I, I want the coaching to really highlight what happens in the run, with the running back room and feature them as needed in certain situations. Yeah, I I like that. I mean, obviously, fantasy owners won't like that answer, but nah, right, no. but but again, you 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 hit the nail on the head because you talked about Frank Roig and what he did in 2017, right? I mean, there were so many. Even Jay Ajayi comes in, right? Jay yeah. Ajayi comes in and run. Yeah. Everybody was running the ball for us, yeah, right? Everybody was talking. Didn't matter. It didn't matter. It worked, right? It worked. In some games, it was the Olympic Garrett Blunt game. Yep. You know, against the Chargers. Some games it was going to be the J.H.I. game. Some days it was going to be the Corey Clement games and the limited action that Darren Sproles saw. And some days, you know, he was going to be the guy. You know, but 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 he really attacked the defense with the skill sets of his players. And if Nick Sirianni is going to preach that, goddamn, I want to see it. And and that and that means that sometimes it's not going to be Miles Sanders. Yep. I mean, listen, Tampa Bay won a Super Bowl when you didn't know week to week was going to be Ron Jones or Leonard Fournette. It was back and forth, right? I mean, it, it's about winning football games. It's not about, right? That's what we want to do. We want to win football games. So that's the most important thing. The last thing I'll ask you about at Eagles, and we'll get out of here, is this left tackle position. And I think it's very intriguing, right? Because, again, I say the words metal midget a lot, right, about a lot of people. And, you know, it sounds like the battle is Jordan Mailata's a lose. Would be, number one, would be a fantastic story. Okay. A, a fantastic, this, this kid never playing football, rugby player, seven foot Aussie comes in. And again, you mentioned Stoutland. The guy's the man, right? He is the man. Teach this kid how to protect the blind side, right? Yeah. And then we have first round pick, looks like could be a bust, and Andre Dillard, who, 
man, hey, we've seen this before. We've seen guys like Sean Andrews who were on, and then all of a sudden they just lost it. Dan, let's, do we have to bring up Danny Watkins, right? We, we've we seen this. But, yeah. it, I, I mean, it's a shame. But I, I just think that if Jordan Maialata wins this battle, I, I don't think Andre Diller comes back from this, just from a metal standpoint, because I think he's already kind of he, – he shrewd up a little bit, and I think this will just kind of bury him. I really do. Well, you're right. You're, you're right. And, and, and it, you know, it's sh- shame on him if it allows him to affect his play and his career moving forward. But when Nick Sirianni comes in and starts with that, you know, we're all kind of, I don't want to say we're all kind of, but a lot of us are kind of rolling their eyes, competition, competition. Okay. All right. Yeah. I mean, this is it, you know, it was built for the quarterback position, not handing anything out. And it was certainly built for the left tackle position because you, you, you framed it up perfectly. You got a guy who was a seventh round draft pick, you know, from from overseas, never played the position, but a boy, he's a big Aussie. Let's see, if we, let's see if we can teach him how to do this and just embraces it and works his tail off. Doesn't bitch, doesn't cry, doesn't moan, learns it, gets into the game. has got a nasty streak to it. Can play the ukulele and sing like he's Bruno Mars, so he's dropping panties as well as dropping defensive ends. You got to love the guy. And then you got Andre Dillard. Now, look, he's got potential. He's got talent. He wouldn't be drafted as high as he was if he didn't. It's not a bad thing to have Andre Dillard sit in the bench. You know, is it a bad thing to have too many left tackles? No. You know, we know he can't play the right side, but is it a bad thing? How many times we see Jason Peters, you know, check out of a game, you you know what I mean? So, so it's, it's a, it's an interesting battle. It's something that we're all going to be focused on. And the, the guy who competes the hardest and earns the job is certainly going to get the job. But let's be honest here. This is like this is like a like an embarrassment of, of of riches in certain circumstances because there's a lot of teams in the NFL who would be who would kill somebody to have a training camp battle at the left tackle position. And oh, by the way, worst case scenario, your your left tackle is is a high draft pick, but you know you you got a guy. You know what I mean? If anything, heaven forbid, were to happen, we know we've been so snake bitten with injuries along the offensive line. I, I'm almost happy there's this competition. I'm 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 thrilled to death that this seventh round pick is outplaying this first round pick, and this first round pick, if he's got to sit the bench, oh, that's a hell of an insurance policy at one of the most important positions along the offensive line, protecting you know our our, our quarterback's blind side. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, I, I love that. though. oh god, I love that dude. No, well, you you know it's funny. It reminds me of um. Uh, remember who was the big left tackle we had years ago? Um, King Dunlop. King Dunlop. Now, yeah. King Dunlop came in, and right away he he won that good right with late seventh round pick. Then he went to San Diego and he turned in like a Pro Bowler. Remember? Yeah, like, he, he had a he had a productive career afterwards. Yeah, you, know, you, you know what I mean. But it's but it's I feel very comfortable, unlike in previous years, with the offensive line because again so decimated by injury you have to protect the guys that are there the guys that are there are a little longer in the tooth okay granted but behind them are at least guys that have punched the clock had real in-game experience for better or for worse uh you know and a lot of it was worse last year but they have game time they have flight hours underneath their belt you know what i mean where they can come in and they can play productively and this one, you know, it's so cliche, but it's one in the trenches, man. And if that offensive line is shit, the whole thing goes down the toilet. I agree, man. I, I hate to keep saying I agree, but it's the truth. I said all the time, the game is one. And it's our great Andy Reid, our great boy Andy, said it all the time. It's one in the trenches, and, and he and he's so goddamn right. It really is. I mean, look at look at Whitworth. Andre Whitworth comes for the for the Rams, comes out of retirement, plays his ass off. I mean, just because you're 35 or 36, if you maintain your body as a right or left tackle or even a center, you can still ball. So, and that's a good thing. I mean, and. and they get to teach these young guys too, which is that's another huge benefit that we that we have. And 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 that's certainly the plus side. Although we are going with this youth movement and the reset button has been hit, keep keeping guys like Kelsey. Yep. It's just a Philly Philadelphia Eagle 
through and through. Keeping guys like Brandon Graham, Philadelphia Eagles, Eagle through and through. That's why it's so important to have those guys on the roster. And have they lost a step? Certainly. But they're going to be able to, in this transition period, be able to guide the young bucks. You know what I mean? In, in, into the future and instill some values in them as people who worked their tails off. You know, Jason Kelsey being a late round undersized center, Brandon Graham being, you know, labeled as a bust and injured his first call and, and working his ass off and they become Super Bowl champions. Like you still have to have that little taste, that little flavor of what was to see what's coming. Great, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have posted a damn Super Bowl trophy on the side of the building four years later. <laughs> well, let me tell you. Let, let me tell you something. You you said some of those guys may have lost a step. One thing's for damn sure, bro. You haven't lost a step. All right, you've been away. All right, I'm I'm being. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw that right in there because number one, you've been away for a while doing some things, which is great, fantastic. And I just gotta say, man, I really appreciate you joining me tonight because it's just been great. It's Eagles. There's no one better to talk Eagles with that than you, E. So, E, do me a favor, man. Let everybody know. What's coming up? I know you got some things coming up. People may not know, but you got to let them know, man. What do you got coming up here, man? Yeah, well, of course, I'm still going to be doing my YouTube stuff, my Instagram stuff. You can find me on YouTube at uh, The Mighty E-Rock on Instagram, The Mighty E-Rock. Uh, I do got a tailgate. Um, you know, listen, if you're going to kick off the season, you got to kick off the season right. So I'll actually be with Philly Sports Trips down in Atlanta kicking off DJing. And hosting the opening tailgate for the season and being down there and 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 ticket and tailgate packages start at like two hundred twenty bucks, which you can't even get into a link for it. Link for it. I mean, I mean, it's a, it's it's a no brainer. You want to see this team on the field for the first time. You want to see this new era of Philadelphia Eagles football, and most importantly, you want the Philly, you know, Philly sports trips. They're bringing the authentic Philly game day party down to Atlanta. We're gonna have an absolute ball. So check them out. I will be down there. And then, uh, yeah, man, just uh, Twitter. I, I got to even remember my Twitter handle now, Rock underscore Eagles. <laughs> and, 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 yeah, listen, my whole goal with my, with my social media career is just to kind of bring you the authentic Eagles game day experience, see what I'm seeing, be that you feel like you're down there with me uh, you know, as a season ticket holder. So I'm going to be continuing to do my thing, man. I'm always going to be continuing to do my goddamn thing. And that's that's the most important thing. Like I said at the beginning, we'll end with this as, as well. Demand does not change. So please follow and check them out. The trips, fantastic. I can tell you that right now. And if you haven't seen my man EDJ, you don't understand. It, it, just for that alone, let me just tell everybody. This is in front. Uh, and I'm a huge hip hop guy, but huge music guy. Let me tell you, if you want to hear some jams, man, you got to listen to E Rock. Spin the spin the records, man. That's for damn sure. No yeah, I, doubt about I, I, it. I can, I can throw a party. Oh, I, I, I know I, you can. I know I, you I, can. It's out there. I can throw a party. So if you don't know, now you know. But as always, man, this is the first week of preseason. Maybe if he's not busy enough, we'll get him back on and you know, the beginning of the season, see Certainly. what he's would thinking, right? Would love to. Would be honored and, to come back and talk to you. I appreciate it, man, as always. And again, the mighty E-Rock. Like we always say, follow him everywhere at Ticatel Truth. Follow myself. Tony Tixel can tell Heat Ratio Sports, Heat Ratio Live. Like I always say, stay safe, stay healthy, and we'll catch you next week.